Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. Jill Kelly's background as a chief marketing officer makes her uniquely positioned to bring the recently merged Essence Mediacom to market as a new brand. Kelly, who was tapped for the role in August, has been working behind the scenes to fine-tune the agency's combined positioning and branding, which launched in the market on January 31st. She talks about an offering where marketers don't have to choose between scaled media buying and precision marketing. In this episode, Kelly also discusses her passion for advocating for diversity as an Asian American female CEO and how under her leadership, the newly combined Essence Mediacom will push the boundaries on incorporating diversity into business decisions. I'm Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hello, Jill. How are you today? Hi, good morning, Allison. Good to see you. I'm doing very, very well. It's a Friday and uh, weather is, is pretty, pretty awesome right now. So I really can't complain. Well, I guess I, I can complain, but I won't. There's always something <laughs> to complain about, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's been a very, very exciting few weeks for Essence Mediacom. Um, the agency, after merging or announcing a merger last year, finally relaunched in... Uh, late January, actually, I think it was the 31st, right? So yes, it was. Walk me through the relaunch. Um, and I think I think listeners are curious, like what's been going on behind the scenes with the Essence and Mediacom merger yeah. and why now was sort of like time to rebrand and speak about it in the market. Yeah. So, um, so you know, we, we, we affectionately called our Essence Mediacom Day uh, Founders Day. And um, we, we called it Founders Day and we really celebrated it as, as founders because, you know, we, we believe that there are 10,000 founders of a new super agency that we're calling Essence Mediacom. So a lot of the kind of the celebrations was around this notion, notion of founders. And the reason why we believe that this was the right moment for a, a moment for an Essence Mediacom, it goes back to actually a story that, if you don't mind, that I'll share with you. It's probably just about a year ago. Um, there was a small group of leaders across Group M who had come together. I was, I, I was a part of that discussion. And the question of, came up of why, why Essence Mediacom? Why, why Essence Mediacom? And someone said, one of the founders actually said, so clients don't have to choose. So clients don't have to choose. And I, I thought it, you know, it really made me pause and think about what that really meant. So it, just in a little bit of history, Allison, if you'll indulge me, I think about the number one, there's a pioneering spirit that actually um, attaches these two um, ridiculously awesome, full of pride organizations together. And I think about the era that each of them were born and established. So Mediacom um, came into, um, it was born and established about 35, 40 years ago. And if I could use an, an American, a U.S. context, during that time, um, there was such a, there was something called cable that was introduced <laughs> into the marketplace, right? So there were some households at that time where you went from three, three channels to north of 50 channels. So the 80s was really dominated by the introduction of various cable channels. And you may remember, you, you may be too young to remember that 
you know, at, at that time, it was like um, the explosion of linear television, the explosion of audience fragmentation, and Mediacom being one of the earlier established uh, media agency independents, if you will, um, saw that there was going to be a demand in the marketplace for media buying and planning independent that said adjacent to but independent of creative agencies. Mm-hmm. So it saw that demand at that time. And then I think about Essence. Essence was established in 2005. Facebook launched the year before, Twitter launched the year after, and it saw at that time that there was going to be a radical transition to digital and high-performance type organization. So it saw that moment in time. So when I think about the two organizations and the era that they were born and kind of the pioneering visionary spirit that both had, and you bring those two organizations together, clients don't have to choose between a high-performance, fully digital, optimized, um, data-driven uh, organization like Essence and the the planning and, and and buying and audience planning growth power that that is Mediacom and Mediacom is a very strong established um, a, a well-known uh, media agency global global muscle. So you know when you think about those heritages and you think about each of their centers of gravity, the era that were that they were born and the pioneering spirit that bound both of them. Clients don't have to choose between the two. And I I just thought that was a really kind of elegant, very simple um, context to our why. Why Essence Mediacom? Well, you were formerly a CMO, so I can see you pulling that nice story out. Well, Alison, you're absolutely right. Because my path to this role is, um, some would consider it kind of an unusual yeah, I was going to ask, but go ahead. I'd love for you to talk yeah, about it. It's, it's an unusual. Well, somebody consider it an unusual path. I don't think it's unusual, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that I can represent our, our our craft. There are a couple of things that um, is you know at this moment in time, it made sense for me. It you know in terms of what kind of um, narratives and stories that I could bring to uh, to Essence MediaCom and to our clients. And coming as an enterprise CMO, number one, I have absolute empathy for our marketing colleagues on the client side. I know what it means to validate every dollar at at moments to fight for every dollar. Um, Every dollar has to work really hard from a media investment perspective, from an optimization perspective, from a content delivery perspective, from an uh, ROI perspective. So I get it. I, I get that you constantly have to test, learn, test, learn, but also validate, validate as well. And if if there was an opportunity maybe three years ago, five years ago, six years ago, that was a, a kind of a, a CEO position of an established organization, I don't know if I would have raised my hand for it. I'll be perfectly mm-hmm. candid. But it, this moment in time at Essence Mediacom, bringing the, these two organizations together, there is such a need and a command and demand for having a really sharp benefit and narrative of, mm-hmm. of why we exist on this, on this planet and why Essence Mediacom. And, you know, that to me is is such an incredible part of a communications organization. Mm -hmm. You know, a communications organization should be able to deliver and articulate clear benefits to to our to our customers. And that's why I really came into this role at this moment in time, because that's the muscle that I could I can bring on behalf of the organization and, and to clients. 
I mean, yeah, you say like communications organizations should communicate well about themselves, but they often have the cobbler shoes. Shoes, yes. Is it the cobbler sun? (laughs) Yes. Cobbler sun shoes. Something about a cobbler. Anyway. So obviously, it's really essential right now for Essence and Mediacom to have a very strong brand story because it, I was going to say, in essence, no pun intended, you're bringing two very strong brands, very strong established brands together and sort of creating this new melting pot of an offering. So talk a little bit about how on the cultural side, you are making that happen because I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been at both agencies for a long time that are still kind of like wearing that flag. Yeah. And, and they are, and they, and they, you know, these are two very um, proud companies. These are proud agencies and each of them have a, a, a unique flavor that they're not conflicting though. They, they are, I found very complimentary. Um, you know, Essence has um, a tradition and that tradition is at the start or top of a meeting where people who, who may not have assembled in the past before together um, will introduce themselves with a quirky fact. And that quirky fact can be anything from, you know, I happen to be a pumpkin carver. I carve ridiculously, you know, spend four, seven, eight hours, you know, per pumpkin every year for, for my, you know, for my decoration. So we, we open up this thing called a, a quirky fact. And the reason why we do that, and that's something that came from Essence, and we actually exported that, you know, across Essence Mediacom, is we believe that there is beyond titles, beyond your skills, beyond your craft, we're actually kind of, we're, we're, we're people in this organization who actually really like each other. And we have what makes us very colorful is the side hustles that make, that makes us who, who we are. So culturally, you know, Essence is very, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's an intimate organization. It is a people first organization. And that's a common trait that is also shared with Mediacom. Um, Mediacom is, you know, people first, uh, um, uh, results follow is one of the key mantras of, of Mediacom. So there is that shared, um, shared territory that people do come first in our, in our organization. So, and when I think about culture, it's really defined by, you know, behaviors, values, attitudes and candidly how leadership show up every show up every day and this is not necessarily a smushing i don't think there's such a thing as you don't smush cultures together but you do bring the very best strands of each of the organizations and how do you scale it across both how do you scale mm-hmm. it across now a united organization so i don't see this as an exercise a mathematical exercise of culture 1 plus culture 2 equals a an incredible culture Three. What I do see is a definition of a new culture that really brings in and draws out the very best strands across both organizations, and that's really exciting. This, you know, this is this. You know, when we say it's a new agency, it's not to suggest that we wipe out or eliminate the the goods that are inside the system. If it's anything, it's to refine those goods. And mm-hmm. start to build the basic scaffolding of a new new organizational construct. Culture being a critical piece of that scaffolding. Yeah. What in, what challenges do you anticipate in in doing that? Um, I think it's new. I, mm-hmm. I think it's new. Um, and there are changes, right? So. And, and, you know, not everyone loves um, the pace of change. It is a, a, a normal. It's it just, it, and, and I don't think it's a, a, you know, isolated to Essence Mediacom. Change is just 
it's a setting for us, but it's hard. It's hard for people. So um, you know, you have certain personalities that race towards change, love the change, um, love being a part of changes, and you have certain personalities who actually um, uh, uh, kind of shy away from it. So getting those individuals to be more embracing and kind of running together, um, that's going to be that's going to be one of the key key rallies. How do we get um, on the same page? And, you know, it, there's no secrets here, Allison, right? So there's, you know, we, we're not immune to the headlines. You know, there are very uncertain macroeconomic conditions um, in, in, you know, it, it, it recently and going into 2023 uh, as well. So, um, I wish I could say that there's going to be a slowdown, of, of, of but that's not that's not realistic. It's not yeah. realistic. So it's you hard. either run after it and you run with it, or you kind of shy away shy away from it and you start to um, kind of uh, you start to atrophy. Um, and um, lose relevance in the in the conversation. And that's exactly what we will not be doing. So talk about your your leadership team. Like, how have you? Who have you sort of brought along with you for this like new era, um, this new chapter for the agency? And is it like more weighted towards one leadership team or the other? Um, or is it yeah, I don't think um, I don't know if I've ever actually done the math as related to one weighted towards the other. When I think about my leadership team today, um, there there's there's two key elements. I'll say two key elements of it. The first is kind of the business operations and people operations, right? So that is your chief um, people officer, your your CFO, um, um, myself, chief client officer, et cetera. And then you have the discipline leads. And those discipline leads are um, data and technology, analytics and insight, planning, uh, strategy, uh, investment, of course, as well, um, and operations. And when I think about those two things coming together, I did not necessarily think about it in the context of why well, I need X amount representing Essence or X amount representing Mediacom. We put the best person in the role. Mm-hmm. We put the best person in the role. And the, the best people in the role is not necessarily the individuals who have assumed those seats in, 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 in previously. Um, and also, you know, Allison, this is I, I am I am absolutely committed and unapologetic that we need to represent the leadership team has to represent the type of clients that we have and the type of customers that they have. Mm-hmm. So diversity and representation, in addition to diversity of experience, is is absolutely critical in terms of how we stand up as a leadership leadership team. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you represent that as a Asian woman CEO. I mean, what sort? How do you sort of apply that your your representation um, to the responsibility of the agency to to be more representative? Like, what role? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I I, it's just so important, and it's 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 a a welcome burden that I I carry. I I remember when I was first um, announced back in uh, mid August, and I had so many um, outreaches from. Uh, women, um, women of color, people of color, just, just so proud that they're, they're represented at the, at this level. And I, I have a duty to them. 
I have a duty to them. And I was at a, at, at an event not too long ago, and there was this, um, this individual was a high-ranking person of color, and um, there was a question that was asked to her. And the question was, what will be your legacy? Mm-hmm. And her response was so on point. She said, my responsibility, my legacy is for me to hold on to this seat and hold on to the seat for the next person who looks like me. And I just feel, and, and that, that's not to suggest, you know, it, it, obviously competence and experience and passion and skill, that's all very important. But I do have um, a, a duty of care to my organization. I do have a duty of care to my clients that we bring the most diverse teams and diverse thinking to the table. Because, you know, when I think about their customers and their audiences that are going to grow with them, um, I think about the changing composition of uh, the po- population composition of America. Mm-hmm. So I was involved in this in this program, this initiative called New Majority Ready. It was uh, back in 2019. It was a year before the U.S. Census data had co- come out, and it, it had pro- the U.S. Um, 2020 Census data proved out a couple of um, in, in extraordinary tipping points for us in, in America. Number one, that 52 percent of 18 uh, year olds and younger which is one of the fastest growing popul- uh, population segments in America, in addition to the 65-year-olds year old and, and, and older, uh, 52% are um, 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 ethnically diverse or racially diverse, right? So I have three teenagers in my household. Some days they love me. Some days, some days they may not love me. But I have a 15-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And my three kids are going to grow up uh, 20, 20, 20, 20, 30, 20, 35, you know, 20, 40, and they are going to be the adult majority representation in America. And this is not a reversible trajectory. No. So when you think about physically the changing face of America and what that means for opportunities in terms of product development, messaging, how, you know, how, how their paths to purchase, it, it, it actually changes. And it's an incredible invitation for brands to grow up with this generation that is very diverse. Yeah. I mean, I think you're saying what everyone kind of knows is that like diversity is a good business Yes. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. These are not nice. These are not nice to do's. These are not, yeah. you know, kind of um, passive observations. This is an economically viable imperative. Well, as you kind of shape the course of this new agency um, with a new leadership team, like how are you sort of thinking about diversity as you do that? Whether it's the people you hire, of course, but then also like investing in diverse media owners and yes. you know having like policies at the agency that support diverse employees? Like, how are you sort of incorporating it into the business side? Yeah. So, you know, obviously diversity and representation is critical, but that's only, it really can lead the start of it. Um, There's a saying that I really, really love. It's not my own, but I'm I'm going to say it out loud, which is um, inclusion is not about being asked to the dance, but being asked to dance. So when when we think about representation, it's not just about um, illustration and visible displays. It is really about integrating diverse thinking at the tables. And I will tell you for sure, Allison, that our clients are are also demanding the same from 
from us. So when we think about new business opportunities and pitching, when we think about investments, um, I, I, I know that you had covered the 2% plus pledge um, that Group M had initiated last year. Um, we think about multicultural uh, private marketplaces so we can actually draw more money into um, a, a minority-owned or new majority-owned owned media. So when it comes to the flow of money into legitimate, credible audience spaces, when we think about casting uh, for new business or any kind of um, sprint projects, um, when we think about how we really, truly invite diversity into uh, project conversations, um, it's a way of working, it's a way of supporting financially, and it's a way of um, partnering with clients, whether it is on specific projects, whether it's in uh, client relationships and, and client teams, and whether it's in, in pitching environments, th that th those three areas are kind of ways of working where inclusivity is not a, um, a, a, a simple behavior. It is an imperative for our business mm. and our clients' um, business too. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about clients a little bit and how, you know, back to sort of like the nuts and bolts of the offering and like how that's going to change. Yes. Um, obviously, the goal is to have... You don't have to choose, right? You can get big scale buying power. You can get precision media and measurement. So how are you sort of like reorganizing services so that they are more integrated and clients can kind of buy into this new combined offering versus the two separate offerings? Yeah, I think it really comes, you know, there's, um, I remember a client said to me um, oh, oh, many years ago, um, Jill, don't, don't make your, um, com uh, your complexities known to me. And, uh, you know, on, on occasions, Sometimes we tend to overcomplicate our, ourselves and how we bring our very best to the table. So I'll say number one, in terms of um, offerings to clients, streamlining and simplification and integration of team structures, right? So when, when we think about, we, we don't think about it necessarily as, okay, Allison is a client, so Allison has an investment lead, she has a planning lead, she has a strat lead, she has a comms planning lead, she has an activation or performance lead, she has a data strategy lead. No, that we are integrating our client teams for greater simplification so there is a single voice backed by a team, integrated team that actually engages with the client on for different kinds of different levels of conversation. Um, there is a myth. There is a myth that um, you know, for us to operate um, effectively for clients, that you have to have very strong. Um, individual dozens of different dozens of dozens of different disciplines that go to clients, and I, I don't believe that that's true. Uh, what I believe is that clients want really simple, big ideas that can scale, and whether that goes across how we deploy it from a strategy perspective, from a planning perspective, from a geographical perspective, from a deliverance and performance perspective, that is ours to prove. But we do not need to have 17 different um, interfaces. We right. need several different interfaces that represents the breadth and strength, strength of the full team and, uh, and the full idea. And we just need to simplify. We just need to simplify. Well, as you simplify, like, are there going to be redundancies that have to be taken care of? Yeah, I don't necessarily, I don't think simplification means redundancies. I think simplification is how we 
how we kind of get out of our own way and break down silos so we can get to things more efficiently and faster. Clients are really demanding much more agility um, in, in the marketplace. They have been for years that will continue to be. Simplification is not a, a, a reductionist um, um, uh, objective. It is a an ob- it is a streamlined objective to get to ideas faster and deploy those as- ideas faster. Yeah. And that's really what simplification simplification means it means in, in in my mind. Now, simplification doesn't mean simple. Right. Simplification means how do you get to ideas faster and how do you deploy those as- fast ideas faster in market? Yeah. What about like things that you're building or like Essence in particular has always been like really innovative when it comes to building technology. Like what sort of new areas are you pushing on that you can like leverage that now that the scale of Mediacom and the scale of the whole agency? Yeah. So let me just take a quick step back and kind of just share like the view of our, of our world right now. So when I think about, the new communications era that we're in, I think about it in a couple of different contexts. The first is um, community. So in, in, in five years ago, seven years ago, even 10 years ago, the notion of building or creating a billion person community took, what, how long did it take Meta? 15, 12, 13, 15 years or so. And now you can build like a billion plus member communities in two years. Be real. TikTok is just an example. So a billion people think about it. So is there there's about eight billion people on this planet. So that's 12 to 13 percent of the world's population on a single platform. So that's so that's 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 point number one. The second is. Think about how, as a as a member of this community, um, as as consumers of this world, that this notion of immediate gratification, right? Um, God forbid, Allison, if you don't get your thing in within two hours, and how inconvenient it could be if you don't get it in two days. And and social commerce is very much feeding this immediate gratification from kind of the full browsing experience to to product product in hand. Um, so, so immediate gratification, uh, consumer behavior. The third is media consumption, right? 55% of the media consumed by you and me today is ad light, ad free environments. People are actively paying, as you know, one of four, it could be higher now, pay to a- avoid ads. And our theory is people are not harder to reach. People are just harder to reach with um, with um, traditional ad, ad placements. And, and and the fourth is what is what I described before, which is composition of, of, of the changing kind of population of, of America. And when I think about those four things, and obviously there are lots of other kind of factors that are kind of driving this new communications economy, the new communications era. How do, what does a breakthrough look like? What, what, what does breakthrough look like? And when we think about Essence Mediacom, it's not necessarily about single technologies, but we think about breakthroughs in, in five ways, five characteristics, I'll say. The first is uh, what we're calling breakthrough discoveries. Breakthrough discoveries basically means that we are in a continuous pattern of learning and discovery and, and speed. Um, an example of how we deliver against something like that is 
DCO, for example. So we can test multiple pieces of versions, if you will, creative hundreds against different audience segments. And you kind of put together, you could kind of see the different levers that optimizes against performance. So when we talk about continuous learning, continuous optimization, that's a breakthrough discovery. And that moves the business needle for, for clients. The second way I think about breakthrough definition is about breakthrough experiences. Um, and breakthrough experiences are obviously uh, paid media is, is a critical part of this. But breakthrough experiences is actually anchored very specifically on a very elegant, um, actionable insight. So we did a piece of work for K Jewelers for New Year's Eve. And um um, and, and there was an insight that it was born from an insight that 40% of the LGBTQ plus community are shy to display public affection. And we use this moment to invite and give permission for public displays to the LGBTQ community through this program called the New Year's Eve Eve, Eve Kiss. Um, the third, um, the third characterization of a breakthrough is breakthrough invention, and this is where um, um, technology really, really kind of comes into play. Uh, we created um, a technology called Pegasus. This was in response to the um, cookie deprecation, and we looked at behavioral data in the context of news articles, as an example, to deliver ads without actually using personal personal data. The fourth breakthrough definition is is integration. So what is kind of the operating system that holds our um, our, 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 our data, um, governance, and the various tools and systems inside of our home into a spine, into an operating system? And, and the fifth one is probably an obvious one, Allison, which is breakthrough impact. Um, in every single conversation that we have with clients, the first question that we should always ask or the first answer we should be prepared to, to have is, what is the outcome? What is the outcome that we're seeking to achieve? There should always be a performance attached to every single idea that we bring to the table. And so it's in that context of this new communications era, communities that are being built, different kinds of compass, you know, a, a compass, the population composition changes in, in, in America, new ways of looking at um, at media, commerce expectations in terms of immediate gratification, and how we think about our solution and our place in the world and the spaces that we command is in the context of breakthroughs, breakthrough discoveries, breakthrough experiences, breakthrough um, invention, integration, and impact. And that's really exciting. Like, that's really, really exciting. And uh, we actually call, you know, in terms of like a strap line, Essence Mediacom is built for breakthrough. And these are the five ways we think about what breakthrough looks like very tangibly, very tangibly. Well, so how do you like, how do clients access that, I guess? And then in terms of like, just looking at the economy and, you know, spending patterns and things like what yeah. are they buying into right now? So what they're buying into right now, it, well, first of all, I will say that there isn't a client um, discussion that we've had that does not include an, an element of performance. Right. And, you know, to harken back to our earlier conversation, start of the conversation is we have um, a, a responsibility to our clients 
um, as their agency partner to validate investments across across channels. So the way that clients are engaging with us right now, and, and by the way, we had clients at both Essence and and Mediacom, but the but the opportunity really sits in for Mediacom clients who have clearly had the benefit of kind of this media muscle, wildly integrated media planning, um, audience planning muscle. Is how do we now look at our um, our our programs and further optimize? them. Mm-hmm. And the introduction that what it, Essence brings to the table is exactly what you said earlier uh, Earlier in our conversation is uh, kind of the homegrown technology and just a very digital digital savvy, um, um, data-driven organization and, and at speed and at mm-hmm. speed. The agility and speed is how clients kind of engage us as Essence Mediacom, based on a foundational program that you know Mediacom has historically brought brought to the table, that is um, precise across channels and kind of looks at it from a cross audience opportunity as well. And then you bring in the layer of the Essence heritage, which is strongly backed by technology, performance driven, data driven, highly optimized. Mm. So as you kind of create this new agency how come how come you didn't pick a new name why keep this sort of <laughs> like names? yeah um i have a couple of observations i have a marketing from a marketing perspective and i have yeah, um, from, from, from a leadership perspective so from i'll say from a marketing perspective um there is you know it's it's there's at times can be a signal when you change the name completely that takes away from from the from the joining organization that there's a suggestion that something is broken mm. that there's a suggestion that um, you're you're in in display and and, and in brand identity because um, your name is so important your name is kind of your your, your badge and emblem to the world that there's a suggestion that something is broken by totally um, removing the the previous the, the names of the two um, combining organizations and there is nothing broken at either organization I don't think there is an award that either Mediacom or Essence has not won the type of work that they do for clients is celebrated um, so there was nothing broken. Um, I'll put my other side of the hat on in terms of um, why Essence Mediacom, because it's Essence Mediacom. <laughs> and and we're, we're proud of those two organizations. We're proud of those two organizations. Now, are there a lot of consonants and vowels in that name? Yes. There are, in fact, I, I, you know, it's, there's seven vowels and actually eight consonants in essence, essence MediaCom. Um, but we did not want to um, shy away from. We did not want to shed the the extraordinary heritage of these two two organizations. We have evolved it in terms of there's a shorthand which is EM as well. Um, but you know, to your question, why not the name change? Number one, we, there, there's there's nothing broken about either organization. It is comparable. It's competitive together. And why not represent it in, in name? Essence mm. Mediacom or um, we affectionately call, um, call M. Mm. Well, I am excited to see what M does <laughs> and what you do in the coming year. So thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And it's really great to see you. Let's get together when you can take a beat and, and a breather. Breathe. I would love to see Absolutely. you. We can uh, reminisce about losing our bags in can. Oh, my God. So <laughs> you got your bags. You got your bags before I did. How so long it did took it? you, what, two weeks? It was no, only five a week days. and a half. 
It was the longest five days of my life. Five days. So I know you and I were commiserating about that through, through our, our colleague, Jared. It took me six weeks. Oh, my goodness. Six weeks. And I had to wow. file, you know, what are, what are those, you know, that thing that you have, the, the baggage claim loss thing. I had to itemize every single one. I was calling United um, it was daily. I think I, I lost about 72 hours just on a call with customer service at United. But I did get it. I did get it. It took six weeks, but I did get it. Well, let's hope for better luck this year. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for being here, Jill. Thank you, Allison. Always a pleasure to see you. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.